In his second letter to Timothy, the Apostle Paul writes these words, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and by his kingdom, preach the word. Be urgent, in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, and exhort. Be unfailing in patience and in teaching. This is In Season and Out of Season, a Bible teaching ministry with Father Tom DiLorenzo. Good day, it's Father Tom, and I wish you a blessed Christmas. Christmas is not about a day, it's about a person. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ and his birth, his virgin birth, oh yes. It's about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. We're looking at Luke 2. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken when Quirinius was the governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Why do we mention all these words and all these names? Because the birth of Jesus took place in history. It's not a fable. It's not a story. It's a reality. What, what does it say? When Quirinius was the governor of Syria, yes, that's when the birth of Jesus took place. When Emperor Augustus was the king all over the world, that's when the birth of Jesus took place. In history, not in any story, not in any fable. And I tell you this today. It's not a story. It's not a fable. It's the truth. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth to Galilee, to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house of the family of David. Remember that the prophet Isaiah and Micah said that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem of the house of David. That's exactly what happens. How did it happen? There was a registration, a census that took place. And Joseph had to go to Jerusalem and then to Bethlehem to register because he was of the house of David. Joseph went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to be delivered, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. I know now babies are being wrapped with swaddling clothes, tight, tight, so that they would feel the love, the love of mother, the love of father. Oh, yes, Jesus was wrapped up in swaddling clothes. And I always remember that there was a translation that said strips of cloth, and that reminded me also of his death. For this child came to live among us who was going to die. There was no child born for death, but this child, Jesus Christ, Jesus Messiah, was born to die, to die for you and to die for me, so that we would be forgiven our sins. Let me tell you this. It is so important to know 
that he is our salvation. And there is salvation in no other name but in the name of Jesus. There is salvation in no other name but the name of Jesus. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields. Now, who are these shepherds? They're Jewish shepherds. The gospel is proclaimed first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. We'll see that with the kings. They were keeping watch over their flocks by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. I tell you, if we saw an angel like that, we'd be terrified too. The glory of God was around them. They were feeling the presence of God. It was a new experience. It was all about the birth of the Messiah. It was all about Jesus Christ. I tell you, we need to know that Christmas is all about the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Eternal Father and the Son of Mary. But an angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. To you is born this day in the city of David, Bethlehem, a Savior who is the Messiah and the Lord. The first thing that a believer does is accept Jesus as a Savior, a Savior that no one else could save from our sins, from death, from hell. Jesus is a Savior. Do you know him as a Savior? Has he saved you? Have you called upon his name? Maybe today you just snap me on and you say, what's this man all about? I'm all about Jesus. I'm all about his birth. I'm all about his life. I'm all about his death. I'm all about his burial. I'm all about his resurrection. Oh yes, I'm all about Jesus. A Savior is born to you today. I remember one of the contemplative sisters, Sister Seraphim, she said to me, the first thing I did in my life was to accept Jesus as my Savior. When she blessed herself, the whole place filled with the glory of God. She was in the presence of God day and night, like Anna. Oh yes, Sister Seraphim, pray for us. You are a holy, good sister, and you know the Lord Jesus Christ. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. What's a manger? A place where they fed the animals. A place where they kept the animals. So Joseph had to clean out the manger because a manger is not smelling with wonderful smells. He had to clean it out so that Mary would give birth in a clean place. Oh yes, that's the reality of it all. Joseph had to clean out the manger, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. Let me tell you this. We have had peace marches, and there's no peace. We have had peace prayer, 
and there's no peace. There's only one person that can bring peace to the earth, and his name is Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. Oh yes, there is only one person that can bring peace in your soul, and that's Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. Have you made him your Savior? Have you given him your life? Have you surrendered? Oh yes, Lord, I surrender now. I surrender again, Lord. And when I receive the Eucharist, I look at you and I say, I surrender again, Lord, because you are the Lord. I am just your servant. Who am I? I'm nothing but dust and ashes that God breathed in me and gave me his Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. When the angels had left them and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem to see this thing that has taken place which the Lord has made known to us. How? Through the angel. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. They went with haste. Do you go in haste to meet the Lord? Have you gone to confession? Do you need to go to confession? Have you gone in haste to meet the Lord? It's all about going in haste. The shepherds went, and they hurried. They wanted to see the sign that was a child wrapped in swaddling clothes with the mother and with the father lying in a manger. Oh, yes, and that's what they found. That's what they found. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about the child by the angel. They told Mary and Joseph that an angel appeared to them and said to go and see in a manger a child wrapped with swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And so they say this to Mary and Joseph, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. She's the contemplative. She pondered the words of the shepherds in her heart that an angel came down from heaven and said, Glory to God in the highest, and peace to people of goodwill. She pondered this message, that you will find a child lying in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes. She kept all these things in her heart. Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. They returned to do what? To watch over their flock. But the shepherd was lying in a manger. Oh yes, he's the shepherd. He's the shepherd. He was born to be the shepherd of the sheep. Bah! I'm one. Are you one? Has he saved you from your sins? Have you given him your life? Has he filled you with the Holy Spirit? Has he filled you with fire? I want the fire, Lord. I want the fire. I need the fire. Let's continue. Verse 21. After eight days had passed, it was time to circumcise the child, and he was called Jesus, the name given by an angel before he was conceived in the womb. And the angel said to Mary, You shall call his name Jesus. 
What does it mean that God saves his people? This is the Savior of the world. This is the King of Israel. This is the Lord of Lords. The shepherds realized. They realized that the angel was telling them the truth, and they glorified God. I wonder how many of us glorify God by our lives, by our words, by our witnesses. Do you glorify God? I tell you, went to McDonald's, and Anthony was glorifying God. He talked to the man at the window and prophesied to him and told him that God had plans for his life. Anthony glorifies God by his witness, by his life, by his presence. Do you glorify God? Do you glorify God? How do you glorify him? By praising him, by blessing him, by adoring him, by telling other people of him. This world is bereft of Jesus Christ. They even have said no more Merry Christmas, blessed Christmas, but happy holidays. But you know, the word holiday comes from holy day. How do you greet people? Happy holiday, when they do that to me, I say, thank you, Merry Christmas. Oh yes, it's all about a person. It's not about a holiday. It's about a person. When the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as was it written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And what happened with that? And they offered a sacrifice according to what was stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves and two young pigeons. That means they weren't very rich. That was the sacrifice that they made for the coming of the child. A turtle dove and two young pigeons. They weren't affluent. They were a poor family at this time. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested upon him. Who is the consolation of Israel? The Lord Jesus Christ. He is the consolation of Israel. He is your consolation. He is my consolation. He's my only consolation. But I don't feel him, you say. You don't have to feel him. You have to love him. You have to know him. Praise him. He's worthy. He's worthy of love. He's worthy of praise. It had been revealed to Simeon by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. You see, God had revealed to Simeon that he would not die until he had held 
the Messiah of Israel, the Messiah of the world. And what does Simeon say? Master, now you may dismiss your servant in peace. Why? Because I have beheld the Savior of the world. I have held in my arms the Messiah. For my eyes have seen your salvation. There is salvation in no other name but the name of Jesus, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Oh yes, the Messiah was not only for the Jews, but would be for the Gentiles. Let me just go now to Matthew 2, because salvation was to the Jew first, the shepherds, and also to the Gentiles. In that time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who was born king of the Jews? These are the Gentiles. The first of all, the Jews were proclaimed the gospel of Jesus, the shepherds. And now the Gentiles in the king's presence. Oh yes, king of the Jews, for he observed the, his star in the rising and had come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him and calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where Messiah was to be born. Herod is not a practicing Jew. So he goes to the Pharisees and says, where is the Messiah to be born? And they say, in Bethlehem of Judea, where the Messiah was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it had been written in the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Oh yes, but not only Israel, but the Gentiles, as Simeon said. Oh yes, he came unto his own. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. And now Catholics, he comes unto Catholics, and most Catholics do not receive him. It's very sad. That's why the gospel needs to be preached, that there is salvation in no other name but the name of Jesus. Salvation needs to be preached to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. I'm so grateful that I'm on radio. I'm so grateful because I speak to Jews as well as Gentiles. Oh yes, many Jewish people listen to me. They love what I say. I don't know if they've given their life to Jesus, but you know what? Thank God that they're listening. Thank God that they're hearing that there's only one Savior, and his name is the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the King of Israel, the King of the world. Hallelujah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. 
So what gives knowledge of the child? Revelation, the angels. Nature, the star. Revelation and creation tell of the child. Revelation, the angels coming to the shepherds. And the star, creation. Oh yes, revelation and creation. Then he sent them to Bethlehem saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. He's a liar. He wants to kill the child. When they had heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered them gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left their own country by another road. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. What did they bring? They brought gifts. Where did they get these gifts? You see, they were into the occult. That's what they were into. They were into the stars. But they lay all that for the child Jesus, that they're giving up the occult. Read Deuteronomy 18 if you're involved with fortune-telling, if you're involved with the occult. Read Deuteronomy 18. It'll tell you exactly what God thinks about the occult. Now, after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up. Take the child. Take the child. One second. Get up and take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who are seeking the child's life are dead. Those who are seeking the child's life are dead. They, Herod was seeking the child's life. He wanted him dead. He didn't want another king. Herod was a phony king. He was crazy, loony. He killed one of his own brothers. Then Joseph got up and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he came, when he heard that Achaia was ruling over Judea in place of Herod, he was afraid to go there. And after being warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. There he made his home in a town called Nazareth, so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene. Let me continue with Luke's now. And the child's father and the child's mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child 
is destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword will pierce your soul, Mary. It will be the sword that pierced the heart of Jesus would be the spiritual sword that pierced the heart of Mary. And what does Mary do? She keeps all these things in her heart and she ponders over them. I want you to ponder over Christmas, that it's not a day, it's not a holiday, it's about a person. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. It's about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, born in a stable that had to be cleaned out. Your heart and my heart needs to be cleaned out. That's why we go to confession. That's why we confess our sins to God and to the church. You might say, I only go to God. We'll go to the 20 chapter of John. Whose sins you forgive, he said to the apostles, shall be forgiven. Whose sins you retain shall be retained. He gave us the sacrament of penance. You know, it's time for us to praise God. Gloria in excelsis Deo. Gloria in excelsis Deo. Angels we have heard on high, angels from the throne of God. Gloria in excelsis Deo. Gloria in excelsis Deo. A blessed Christmas to you and to your family. God bless you. This has been In Season and Out of Season with Father Tom DiLorenzo. A tape of this week's series of messages is available to you with a donation when you write to this new address, Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass., 02128. Please make a note of it. And remember that this ministry is supported only by the donations of listeners, so please help as the Lord leads you. That new address again is Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass., 02128. And be sure to listen again next time for In Season and Out of Season.